Well, good afternoon. Welcome, everyone, uh, to this edition, May 12th edition of the Ag Market Network monthly cotton market teleconference. Uh, we, uh, we appreciate you joining us. My name is Pat McClatchy. I'm the moderator of the program. And uh, as, as you know, our, our teleconference is brought to you by BASF. Uh, they are a long-term sponsor of ours, and, and we appreciate everything they do. As you know, they're the, owner, they're the owners of FiberMax and Stoneville Cottonseed, and we appreciate everything they do to make this program possible. Uh, today, uh, our discussion will be led by Kip Butts, uh, and Kip will be joining uh, the, our cotton panel made up of Dr. O.A. Cleveland and Gerald Nieper. Uh, Kip, Kip, thanks for joining us and leading us today. Uh, well, thank you, Pat. We, uh, of course, talk about, as we typically do, uh, the report that came out today, and May has the first look at the new crop, 22-23 crop, uh, on a world basis. And so there's a lot of numbers to deal with. I'm not going to – I'm, I'm going to just kind of do that quickly because I don't want to get caught up in a bunch of numbers. Quite honestly, that can get boring in a hurry. But there are some important things out there. Uh, let me just start right there with the 22-23 crop. They're showing uh, world area up about 2.1%, uh, with China up about 1.6, India up about 4.5. Pakistan's up about 10%. Uh, that's not a big surprise. Brazil, however, is showing unchanged, uh, which... With prices where they are, it makes you wonder if we might see a little bit more uh, area increase, particularly outside some of the major areas, uh, despite the higher cost of production for cotton. These are very attractive prices. They're showing production uh, up about 2.2%, I think about 2.6 million bales up. China was up about a half million uh, as far as the production is concerned. Um, Use, however, uh, for 2022, uh, 2223, I should say, sorry, um, was just essentially unchanged, down something less than 1%. Uh, China was down uh, uh, 1.3, India down 1.9, Pakistan uh, out unchanged. Uh, and uh, Bangladesh was up a little, Vietnam was up just a little. Stocks are essentially unchanged in the world, down just something less than, than 1%. Um, the thing that's interesting about these numbers, I think, quite honestly, is that the, uh, the world-ending stocks are being shown to decline. Uh, U.S. stocks, of course, are down quite a lot in 22-23 with a, uh, a 16 and a half million bale production, uh, a slight drop in domestic mill use uh, to 2.5 million and exports at 14.5, which is down a little bit from the 14.8 they're showing for the current crop. But ending stocks are 2.9, which is a pretty low level and uh, justifies a bit of, uh, of market strength simply because of those, uh, those small numbers, that small number stock, I should say. So that's sort of, um, like I say, a, a look from uh, about 50,000 feet at the new crop coming on. Uh, in the 21 crop, uh, the world was down 1.8 million bales for production. Uh, India was 
most of that, about a million bales. The U.S. was down 100 uh, to 17 and a half uh, from 17.6. And Central Asia, essentially the former Soviet Union cotton-growing areas, was down about 600,000. That was the bulk of that production change. Use was down about 1.3% or 1.6 million bales. Of that, China was a half a million of it. Pakistan was 200, and Vietnam was down 100. Those are kind of the majors. Um, world trade was down just a skosh, and the reason for that, of course, was the, the drop in mill use. Um, talking a little bit more about, I'm going to switch back now to uh, the 22-23 crop and talk about the U.S. situation, which was shown as 16.5 million bale production uh, for the U.S., right now in 22 given i was just looking at the uh, the drought monitor again this morning i think everybody probably already did that today it's just, it's just not improving a whole lot we're getting some showers here and there but it this uh this number out here uh seems given the current and the forecast that we're hearing about we may wind up with uh, something less than 16.5 million bales. It's a long way yet to go, but that's something we have to uh, keep in mind, I think, is there is some some considerable concern about the ongoing drought in, in Texas, which you know, is going to constitute about 35 40% of our crop uh, in a typical year. So that's, that's, that's a big concern. Guys, I know there are a lot of numbers out there. I probably missed something I should have talked about. Um, Oway, do you, or, or Gerald, do you have something I need to add to that? Because that's kind of summary of, I think, what's out there for the numbers, and we can talk about what it all means uh, in the rest of the discussion. Did I miss something, guys? I thought you did great. Gerald, what'd you see? What'd you hear? I, yeah, I thought he did a good job summarizing it, because it's always hard this time of year to when they come out with the main number to try to consolidate everything into an easy, easy to listen to, you know, uh, format. And that was, uh, that was good. Well, I appreciate that guys. I, uh, I'll send you your checks for that a little later. Um, All right. There the, you go. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this, I think we, when we see it's, it's not usual for USDA to actually this time of year show a reduction and consumption for the, the forward year. We typically see things getting a little better. Uh, I think the the kind of big demand surge that we've had now for cotton, uh, that I'm going to call it the post-COVID demand, which is I thought would be strong, but it's lasted a little longer than I thought it might. I think what USDA is telling us that this inflation, higher prices, is going to be reflected in a a kind of a reduced demand for consumer products and more to core products, you know, food and gasoline and so on. And I think apparel and those things are going to kind of suffer a bit simply because of the high uh, inflation number. So that seems reasonable to me. Uh, at the same time, they're showing a reduction in, in these stocks in 22, 23, not a critically low levels by any stretch. Um, but I, I'm wondering if our stock numbers might not increase just a bit at the end of the year and, and maybe into the, the new crop year, I mean, 
and that's going to maybe weigh on prices so, or, or maybe just not be as supported at the end of the crop year. Does that make sense? I know what I was trying to say. Maybe I didn't get there. Are, are you suggesting that uh, um, world production could be a little higher and world consumption is going to be a little lower? That's, that's I'm, basically I'm what you're saying. That's certainly possible, yes, uh, because I, we could see an area increase outside the U.S., and that might help the uh, – but now we have to be uh, cognizant that they've got a nice yield in here now for 22-23. Uh, you've got it out there world of uh, 800 kilograms per hectare, which is uh, essentially unchanged from this year. And so – you know, maybe that's full, but I think we've got the potential for a little bit of an area increase simply because of these current high prices. If you're a farmer sitting, you know, outside the U.S., you're still seeing big prices. So, and it may not be dramatic, but I'm just saying the combination of slightly higher production and maybe slightly lower consumption could lead us to a little bigger ending stock number. Uh, so, so you're a big bear. I'm not a big bear. I'm just not a, I'm not a raving bull. So I was trying to be careful how I said that. Uh, no, I, I, I think prices are justified here given the numbers we're seeing. And, and quite honestly, uh, I don't know why we should see in the near term much of a decline in prices uh, with all this inflation that we have coming at us, which really is showing very few signs of, of slowing. Gerald, uh, we, we had a somewhat of a rain event uh, in, in West Texas here over the last couple of days. Can you Do you happen to know what the rainfall totals look like? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> the uh, Of course, you know, most people outside of uh, Texas don't see stuff, but, uh, you know, certainly in Texas, it always makes the local news. But, you know, they had a rain event, what was it, Tuesday night, I guess it was? And, you know, it kind of moved northeastern through the state and didn't go very far north. But, uh, you know, starting like in, in Hobbs, New Mexico, you know, they had 8,100. Denver City had, you know, 1.93 inches. Brownfield, 0 0.01 inch. You know, Plains, 0.88. Seminole, La Mesa didn't get anything. Seagraves didn't get anything. Tohoka and O'Donnell got nothing. Uh, level land got 1.02 inches. Uh, moving further, a little bit east, Lubbock got 7,100s. Anton got 3,800s. Rawls, which is east of Lubbock, got 1.38 inches. Plainview, 1.64 inches. Littlefield, 0.47. Muleshoe got uh, very little, uh, 1,100s. Silverton, Moving further northeast, uh, got 4,900s. Turkey, Texas, got uh, 1.08 inches. Um, Matador, uh, which is south of Turkey, got 1.06 inches. Floydata got 0.61. So it was a pretty decent amount of coverage, you know, there. But uh, um, I, it's, it's hot and the wind's blowing. I don't know how much. I'm sure that it was welcome rain particularly where anybody got close to an inch or more. Um, but I'm not so sure how long it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay, stay on the ground and tip before it evaporates. Um, my, my sister lives in, in Hereford, Texas, and I think it was 
was it Monday or Tuesday? She sent me this picture outside of her house. She's, the dust was blowing. She's lived there for 40 years. She said that's the worst sandstorm she thinks she's ever seen. Uh, so it was just uh, uh, crazy weather right now in, in Texas, hot and windy. Uh, you know, why don't we open this up and see if there uh, are farmers out there in West Texas that can comment on kind of what's going on, the state of things right now. Uh, let me let me take the, the mute off, and we'll just give it a chance and see if anybody's out there. If you're out in Texas and you want to comment, uh, please just, uh, you don't have to say your name, just if you don't want to, just tell us what your perspective is on uh, on your situation right now. There you go. All right, anybody out there got uh, any comments they want to make about the situation in West Texas as far as weather goes? Pat, this is Bryce. Uh, just north of Lubbock. I am currently on a tractor trying to stop the sand from blowing. I got uh, about an inch and a half on this field I'm on right now. And the next day, it was lit up, blowing mud. Sandstorm, and I'm out here plowing out my moisture trying to get the sand to stop because you can't grow a crop if you've got sand going. And so a lot of guys probably, since we've been dry blowing all winter and spring, and haven't had any moisture to do anything. This rain was welcomed, but you got to stop the, you got to stop the sand. So we, we're going to need another rain and a lot more of them. Uh, so that's pretty much all i got to say. Bryce, have you, what are the forecasts going forward over the next week or week and a half? Hot, windy, uh, upper 90s to 100 degrees next week. Uh, no rain yet in the forecast that anyone mentioned, but that can all change. I mean, but it ain't it ain't looking too pretty if you want rain. Uh, okay. Any other thoughts? Any other comments out there? All right. Well, let's uh, let's just go ahead and we'll mute again and go back to our uh, panel. Okay. Thank you, Pat. This is a way. I, I just yeah. Uh, Bryce's comments. It seemed to running around. Uh, calling folks today that uh, I, I, I was anytime it rains, even if it's a quarter inch, it's welcome. But uh, it, it was not a, enough to do much good. You heard uh, Gerald go through some numbers, and some of them sounded pretty good. But you also heard uh, uh, something like uh, uh, La Mesa got nothing. I don't know, excuse me, one one hundred or. Something like that, uh, one tenth, which is nothing. And of course, that's Dawson County, and that's a huge cotton county. Uh, and uh, it just it, there wasn't anything there. So, and you step around again, you, it was extremely spotty. Uh, it was widespread spotty. Uh, looking at the, the weather folks I look at, they tell me there's nothing coming for the next two weeks. 
Uh, and I, I would doubt that what's out there now will last two weeks. But that being said, it's always good to have a rain. But I would also just say that uh, we got this rain and uh, the market is up 200 points, a good crop. So, I, I, again, I wasn't impressed with it. Now, I would declare myself to be a bull on new crops. So maybe I'm speaking my position here, which is nothing but uh, other than being a bull. Uh, so I'll leave that at that. All right. Any more comments and more thoughts? Anybody know what the long-term forecast is for for West Texas? I the last one I saw was not very favorable, and I'm, and, and I'm, I don't know if that's changed. Does it, did anybody have a more updated forecast? Nothing no. till midsummer. Okay. Well, the isolated storms that just pop up. Nothing widespread. Yeah, right. Nothing long-lasting. Lasting. Uh, right. Right. So that's pretty much what I. Last time I heard it too. I just didn't know yeah. if it had changed. That's not very optimistic, and um, I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing this really strong you know, December price. I mean, there's the expectation that we're not, we may not get the sixteen five that USDA has for it well, I guess the question is, you'll have the insurance adjuster in the field and, and, and gone by the time there's a chance, a good chance of rain. So, you know, by then it's it's, it's going to be a lot of grain planted uh, probably and uh, a lot of milo planted out there. So I think that's the big problem is just running out of time. Uh, but if, if you, from talking to farmers out there with this rain event they had, there was rain, but it was it seemed to be pretty spotty. And and it seemed to be you got good rains on about with about ten percent coverage of that whole area out there. And like Bryce said, the next day it's 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 got a it's pretty much gone. Uh, so anyway, the the I guess that's the reason December today was up two hundred ninety two points. We closed December at one twenty seven sixty seven, and the high of this whole move in December cotton goes back about a week and a half ago when we got up to 129.91. So I guess the question is, Gerald, are we getting ready to retest the 130 level, or what What do you think? I think so, Pat. I, I really felt like, uh, of course, this was right before the stock market just took a big swoon, and I think drug cotton down with it. Um, the, uh, you know... I, I thought when we had settled up there where you, where you said that 129 area, I thought we were getting ready to run up to the 135 to 140 mark, and I had said something in my comment about that. Of course, I was immediately proven wrong the next day <laughs> as, the market, as the market fell. And uh, the uh, but I, I think I think the overall USDA report today, um, particularly with you know. With ending stock being estimated at under three million bales, which you know is probably going to, you know, as we move forward, that might prove to be really optimistic in terms of low, low ending stocks. But I do think that uh, um, we're probably are going to go up and retest 130 again, and, and I think try to make a run for 135 to 140. But you know, I, I think if we want to keep consumption. Up and OA, you know, before we started the recording, you were talking about uh, consumption 
I think if we can stay in this 120 to 130 area, I think consumption will be okay. I don't know that the market can stand, you know, 150, you know, to 155, uh, and 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 stay even close to where USDA is is suggesting uh, world consumption would be this next year. Oh, wait, you want to go repeat what you were talking about earlier about. Uh, cotton polyester price ratios oh, okay i was going to say that's been 15 minutes you expect me to remember that <laughs> uh, <laughs> well uh, cotton prices are the highest they have ever been relative to soybean relative to polyester prices uh, another way to say that is polyester is the cheapest it's ever been relative to cotton so we're 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 on the cross cusp here of maybe losing some demand. Now, I've got some good things to say about that. I uh, stopped over here at uh, the campus bookstore. It's a Barnes and Noble store. There are lots of them on uh, college campuses, and uh, they told me uh, kids wanted uh, this uh, uh, performance cotton. That they didn't want polyester. They wanted cotton. Now, I've not had time to run down really what performance cotton is. It scares me a little bit. It sounds like it may have some polyester in it, but it's cotton. And they said, no, no polyester. They want cotton. Uh, I happen to know the person that runs the bookstore over at Alabama, and I made the same call, and I got the same answer. Kids want cotton. So, you know, if we can just keep these college kids in college, uh, uh, that's a that's a good good thing. They'll they'll support the demand, and college kids have money. Uh, period. Uh, I, I'm very firm on that, and uh, that demand sounds good. And as I've talked to other people, uh, non-cotton people, I tend to get a, the idea that cotton demand apparel is is has remained or uh, is remaining strong. Now the cotton people can tell me different. I've not talked with them. But the sense of cotton uh, being the fabric of our lives has actually returned, I think, somewhat, and that's very positive. But I'm concerned about consumption just because of the world economy on the flip side. Uh, I know USDA has it down. Their, this first estimate for the year is down a million bales from this year. And now we're about to end the year. So uh, I think that's a firm million bales lower. I'd like to think we can hold on to just a million bales lower, but again, I'm very bearish on the on the on the economy, and I think we'll lose at least another million bales, if not two million bales, in world consumption. So, uh, but at the same time, I'm I'm not as high on my crop as USDA is, so my carryout numbers work out to be the same. Uh, but uh, maybe a little more bullish. So I'm bullish on on both old crop and new crop. Uh, let's go over. You know, we're kind of hitting around with it, but let's go over projections. Gerald, give us your give us your thoughts on what new crop cotton can do. Oh, um, I think we I I think we we've got a firm opportunity to to, to see 140. I I don't see it going much higher than that unless, you know, we just have a complete disaster and, you know, somehow we end up with a 13 million bale crop or something. Um, 
the uh, and, and on the downside, you know, I don't know. We might we might see a one fifteen print at some point. Um, would hate to see that because I think uh, um, there's there's good support in there between one eighteen and one twenty. I'd hate to go too far below one eighteen, or that's telling me that something's pretty negative is happening out there. Uh, so you know, count me one eighteen on the downside, one forty on the upside. Okay, Kip. That's a problem with going first, because um, the, the numbers I'm thinking are. I mean, I'm thinking almost exactly the same thing. Maybe it's one fifteen on the downside, but in the near term. Uh, but from a crop year perspective, I'm I want to just follow up a little bit with what uh, OYE was saying. I've been talking to some textile mills uh, and some textile analysts, and they are concerned that the physical price of cotton right now and the increase in all the other costs, transportation, um, energy, all the things that polyester is becoming more attractive, and it may be a case of the consumer may want cotton, but the textile mill and the retailers can't make money, so they're going to have to have lower input costs uh, because they can't maintain margins. So I'm a little bit more pessimistic on the consumption side uh, for cotton simply because of these high prices. There's always that expression, high prices are the cure for high prices. We may be approaching that when the uh, fabric mills have difficulty, you know, keeping their costs together. So uh, for December, I like a, a low of 115, a high of 140. And if the weather doesn't change in Texas, I mean, we – we might well see going through 140, but something's going to have to happen for that to occur. Okay, OA. Well, my uh, my projection on on the U.S. crop, the the my uh, the lower the lower range of my U.S. crop is about 12 and a half million bales, maybe 13, and uh, that would carry our carryover down to about 1. Eight million bales, and that would give us a dollar and a half. A dollar fifty cents is simply too high to maintain the consumption level. We'll lose considerable consumption at that level. So we do need a little bit more rain in West Texas to get this crop up to fourteen million bales, or even as high as the USDA sixteen and a half, uh, which I think would allow us to allow the market to hold in the one thirty area. Uh, the Top side of the market, I'm somewhat, uh, you know, no rain in Texas. We're up to dollar and a half. We get a little rain in Texas, we can stop this thing somewhere between 140 and 145. Where I don't know, but the downside too, there's just not a lot of downside in, in the sense that, uh, you know, 15 cents lower than where we are now. So you get to a little bit above uh, the, that 115, 118 area, but that's a uh, that's a good point on the chart, 118, so it's hard to disagree with that. But the point being is is that we've got some strong prices remaining with us for a period of time. Okay. Any any closing comments from anyone? All right. Well, let's uh, start off by thanking once again BASF for making this program possible Thank you, Kip, for leading us today, and thanks to our panel. 
Also, thanks to you, our listeners, and we look forward to seeing you again next month. Thanks.